0: 6.30 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6.30 Chad. Top of the seventh Red Sox lead the Blue Jays 3-1 NHL tonight. We got a couple of Canadian teams in action, including the Montreal Canadiens, who of course have been out of the playoff race for a long, long time. Canadians and Rangers in a 1-1 tie. That's in the second period. Late in the second period, Winnipeg leads Philadelphia 3-0, no score, Golden Knights and Chicago, four minutes left in the first. Uh, the Golden Knights with a uh, very, very slim chance of making the playoffs and looking even slimmer because Dallas, who can eliminate them, is uh, already up 2 nothing on the Coyotes. That's with five minutes left in the first. And later, the Oilers' first-round opponent, the LA Kings, will be taking on the Seattle Kraken. The uh, Toronto Raptors back at it tomorrow. They were once down 3-0 to Philadelphia. They can now force game seven with a win tomorrow. We'll talk about that with Paul Sur for Basketball Alberta later on this hour. In the NBA tonight, late in the third, Bucks up 85-61 on Chicago. Milwaukee wins that series with a victory later. It's Denver at Golden State. The Warriors leading that best of seven, three games to one. The Oilers did not practice today after the impressive 5-1 victory in Pittsburgh last night. Tomorrow, Furness Family Oilers Hockey 5-30 face-off show puck drop at 7 as they host San Jose. Same times for the broadcast on Friday when the Oilers close out the regular season against the Vancouver Canucks. We do not have a playoff schedule yet. Um, Hopefully soon. I mean, maybe if Dallas nails that down tonight, uh, we can get one quickly here, Uh, but certainly by Friday or Saturday, I would expect uh, we will have one. The Oilers, of course, will start at home because they clinched first in the division. You can always chime in on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Okay. Yeah, I was taking you through my top four storylines there for the Edmonton Oilers. Got some uh, good phone calls with some thoughts from you as well. Um, you know, Sir Robert said the goaltending run from Red Deer said uh, he's going to look at the uh, the depth scoring. The Oilers need guys in the bottom six to chip in. I think very relevant. Mine were the, the coaching matchup. You got the mentor against the pupil. Again, remember these numbers. And, and Woodcroft's obviously done an exceptional job here in Edmonton. He's 24, nine and three, you do have Todd McClellan who, as of the start of the playoffs, cause I'm going to add in the two games. He still has to coach in this regular season. By the time the playoffs start, Todd McClellan will have coached 1014 regular season games in the NHL and 75 more in the playoffs. Uh, Jay Woodcroft will be at 38. Now, Jay has a lot of experience on a bench and he was a head coach in the AHL. But Todd's been the uh, head guy a lot longer. Defenseman injuries was another storyline for me. No doubty for the Kings. I expect Darnell Nurse to play game one of the series. Will he be 100%? I doubt it. How close will he be? Will he be hindered at all? I think that's something to watch. The experience of some of the LA Kings veterans like Kopitar, like Brown, like Quick. You can throw Edler in there as well, even though he wasn't on their cup teams. Uh, More experience... Than the Oilers, except for Broussard and Keith, who are both well over 100 playoff games. Brassard at 117, Keith at 135. And then my fourth big storyline was simply Connor and Leon. A couple of disappointments in the playoffs. Last two years, years out of the playoffs, the two years before that. They went in 2017, got a good taste of it, couldn't get by Anaheim in the second round. Do we see a different level from those two guys in the postseason? Those are the key things I'm watching. I I think the other things that some of you pointed out certainly are relevant. I think they are storylines, absolutely, but those are my four. We'll see how they shake out. Wayne Gretzky hopped on Oilers now with Bob Stauffer earlier today, and Gretzky said a couple of months ago, don't count out the Oilers. I I believe that they're going to make a run. He expanded on that with stuff.
1: Well, first of all, uh, I really like Kenny Holland, and he's a good man. Um, Really, as you know, Bob, we talk about this a lot. My brother, Keith, is one of the best hockey people I've ever met in my life. He's really tremendous, and he uh, works hard and loves it. And he's been telling me for two years that Jay Woodcroft was a great coach. So when Edmonton made the decision uh, to, to uh, relieve Dave Tippett of his job, and Dave is a great coach and had a great career, uh, my brother said, watch out for this guy. He's been studying the Oilers for months. He's been uh, working behind the scenes for over a year. And when he takes over, he's ready to go. And from game one, you could tell that it became more of a team uh the young guys were a part of it uh connor's killing some penalties here and there it just became more of a 20-man unit and instead of corner and leon playing 28 minutes a game they're down to 21 20 minutes a game and uh you could just tell they're they're a cohesive group and they're fun to watch and you know They're going to get la the first round i predict that they should beat la in the first round and la's had a great year and without dowdy that's going to be tough um and then it's a battle of alberta and it's going to come down to um who wants it the most and the goaltending for edmonton has to be as good as it's been in the last couple weeks which i think it will be and i expect it to be a great seven game series so This is exciting for the fans of Edmonton. They've uh, longed for this, and uh,
0: they deserve it. They've hung in there, and this will be exciting. A little bit there from uh, Wayne Gretzky, who commented on one other thing, because the Oilers cannot change their spot in the divisional standings. I suppose the overall standings could still change a little bit. So you got Drysaddle, you got McDavid... do you sit them out a, a game or or both games? What does Wayne Gretzky think about that?
1: You gotta play. You know what? Um, it is what it is. Glenn was always, you know, he's ahead of his time. He was a big advocate of you gotta play the games. Uh, you gotta get ready. Um, you know what? They probably won't play 23, 24 minutes a game. You can roll four lines now. Play your guys. You know, you can't be scared of that. That's that's part of the game that you just got to just go and say, you know what, we're going to play. We're going to get ready for the playoffs. This is how we're going to play. Leon and Connor are leaders. They're the guys that are going to hit us in the right direction. You have to play. It's as simple as that. And I'm a big believer in that. And Glenn was too, and it was always successful Successful for us. So you got to play, man. Yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. And, you know, good for the Oilers and great for the city of Edmonton. Um, they're making me look good. Two months ago, I said, watch out for the Oilers. So <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, I love their defense. They made a couple of good moves at the trade deadline. Not big name guys, but a couple of guys that have helped them. And uh, you know what? Good for them. It's exciting for the fans of Edmonton. You get through that first round against LA, which will be tough. L.A.'s had a great year but without Dowdy. That, that's tough for L.A. without Dowdy, who's one of the best defensemen in hockey. You can get through that first round, the Battle of Alberta. Anything can happen, and uh, good for them.
0: All right. Thoughts there from Wayne Gretzky. I, I think you play those guys. I, I don't think they're going to be used the same. I don't think they're going to get the ice time that they would in a quote unquote normal regular season game. The players want to be out there. And I mean, anything could happen in, in any game. So I, I think those guys want to be out there. They want to play, and uh, they want to finish the season strong going into the postseason. Wayne Gretzky on orders Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Of course, you missed that. You missed anything on this show, sign up for the podcasts uh, through, I don't know, what are some of these podcast sites, Chris? You got, uh, was it Apple Tunes? Uh, yeah, um, Spotify, is that one? I know if you throw in the word Omni, if you search it, it'll come up. Omni? Yes, Like the old arena in Atlanta where the Atlanta Flames played? I'll take your word on it. Probably something else. And remember, when you sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast, I will compliment your pet. I I will give your pet a personalized compliment. I won't just say, your dog is cute. No, no. I will issue your pet a personalized compliment whenever you sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast. The disclaimer on that, no tarantulas. I don't do tarantulas because they shouldn't be pets. So if you have a pet tarantula and you sign up for the podcast, I will not compliment your pet. Any other pet, I will. Okay, we're gonna call a quick timeout. It is seven fifteen. We'll go from uh, dogs to dinosaurs. How are the raptors doing? It, Paul Sir next. <laughs> It is indeed the name of the show, my friend. Oilers and Elks Radio 630, Chad. I can tell you that uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Get out that potato peeler for your eyes and ears. Uh, the Edmonton Elks are, are going to announce something, I think, next week. First of all, the CFL draft is Tuesday, and the Elks have the number one overall pick. Uh, but there's going to be the, the, the proceeds from the ticket sales for the Elks uh, home preseason game is going to be put to a a very, very good cause, I'm hearing. So uh, look out for that announcement next week. I I think you're going to appreciate what the Elks are doing here. I want to touch on another big storyline here for a team that I'm sure a lot of you follow, and that is the Toronto Raptors. And I'm going to bring in Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta to discuss this because he is going to explain it much more accurately and succinctly, succinctly than I would be able to. Paul, first of all, how are you doing? Doing great, Reed. Good to talk to you. It is always great to talk to you. Thanks yeah. for hopping on. Yeah. You bet. So I will phrase the question this way. How the heck are the Toronto Raptors still playing after being down three games <laughs> to nothing?
2: <laughs> well, it, it, there's a, uh, I, I would say there's two major factors. N- number one, Don't ever count the Toronto Raptors out because Nick nurse, their head coach uh, has, has a way of getting teams to galvanize in the most difficult of circumstances and believe in themselves and pull together in a way that's really quite unique. I think not just in the NBA, but in pro sports in general. Reed Nurse is an amazing motivator. But he's an amazing culture builder, and that also piggybacks on the type of drafting that Messiah Jury has done in terms of not just wisely going against really what was all conventional wisdom. And instead of taking Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs, he took, he took uh, Scotty Barnes, who is now the NBA Rookie of the Year. So they, they are doing this now without Fred Van Fleet, their all-star point guard. With Scotty Barnes now, who's coming off an injury starting at point guard and frustrating the Philadelphia 76ers. And the second factor is Joel Embiid's thumb, right thumb on his shooting hand as a torn ligament, and it is affecting his play. Now, even with that torn thumb, he hit the game winner uh, to put them up 3 nothing, put the Sixers up 3 nothing. But I, I think it's that combination of elements. The Raptors are really tough. They're really tight as a unit. And the Sixers have their best player injured, and uh, James Harden is overweight, out of shape, and a shadow of the former James Harden. Now, I'll say that he may come out and get forty uh, tomorrow, <laughs> but <laughs> but so far he's been a, a really pretty much a non-factor in this series. So that's sort of my that's kind of my initial summary of what's happened here.
0: Well, it didn't Harden, I mean, you are you're, you're, you follow it closer than I do, so, so I can probably give you the, the headline, but hopefully you can fill in the blanks for me. Didn't Harden sort of look less than, didn't look totally classy the way he left for Philadelphia? Because wasn't he with the Nets and he kind of, didn't he kind of blows blow up some bridges on the way out? What happened there?
2: Well, I, I would say he's kind of like a World War II battlefield in that he's blowing up bridges left, right, and center. He has just torched bridges throughout his career. OKC to Houston, Houston to New Jersey, to the the Brooklyn Nets, and now Brooklyn to uh, Philadelphia. He's kind of been one of those guys that's held his breath until he's gotten his way. And then he goes to a place and they don't win anything. And I think that's really the kind of teammate James Harden appears to be. Uh, and, you know, and that's really dumping on the guy. But, but yeah, he forced his way out of Houston and then forced his way out of Brooklyn uh, to Philadelphia, and he's been subpar since he has been there. And uh, Joel L. Embiid says he's got to shoot more, and maybe that's the case. Maybe he's trying to defer to his now superstar teammate, Reed. I don't know. But uh, there, there was an award that came out today. Uh, uh, it's called the Twyman Stokes teammate of the year, and uh, Drew Holiday from the Milwaukee Bucks won it for the second consecutive time, and it's a real tribute to a guy who's a phenomenal citizen and a great teammate. I'm trying to come up with the name of two NBA disgraced players (laughs) for the worst teammates (laughs) of the year, (laughs) and I've got my list of uh, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and James (laughs) Harden. Those are my three candidates for the vote, because they're It all has to do with the wreckage that they seem to bring to whatever franchise they play with. Nobody argues with their talent, but they certainly can argue with what they bring to the team and what they actually produce on the court, and Harden thus far has been a big
0: dud. Yeah, interesting. Was Embiid, was he one of the guys that the the Sixers drafted when they went through those years of being uh, you know, terrible, and we heard about the process, all, or was he a later generation guy? I thought he was part of that run when they were really bad.
2: Oh, oh he is. He, 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 is. He, the, he He's the one that termed that. He's the one that used that term, I'm the process. Okay. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but Joel Embiid, when he came out of Kansas, he, he was hurt most of his first two seasons in the league. And since he's been mostly healthy, he has emerged as you know an outstanding player. I mean, the guy's just incredible. But uh, he has he has emerged uh, as a great player. He has led the Sixers to relevance, although not relevant enough to be able to win the NBA championship. We all remember the shot by Kawhi Leonard in 2019, and we you know and we but we've watched him be develop into an MVP candidate. I mean, when they announced the MVP, Reed, he very well could be it for this year. He's he's a phenomenal player.
0: Okay, I'm going to close here. Uh, John Shannon for, was on our show, was on the face-off show with me last night, and he used to work for MLE, MLS eSports Entertainment and do stuff with the Raptors. And he said to me, Reed, the Raptors aren't just forcing game seven, they're going to win game seven. He says they're going to be the first NBA team to erase a three 0 deficit and win the series, how confident are you that they're going to make history?
2: Well, I'm scared to say anything because that's when you always feel like you're cursing what, what you hope is, is going to happen. But but I've been saying that for the last three days as well, and a lot of people I know. There's just a you know there's just a vibe here. There's just a feeling here. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, Reed. Uh, real. Just real quickly about, uh, well, well, you know, Doc Rivers is a good coach. He won a title in 2008 in Boston. But the person I was talking to, who I respect a great deal, said, yeah, but what's he done since? And the question is not much with a lot of talented teams. So is Doc the leader that's going to be able to inspire the Sixers team to close out in game six or seven? I think the Raptors have a real good shot at it. It will be difficult to do, no doubt, but they're home tomorrow. They're playing well. They're confident. Philadelphia isn't. So it's going to be real entertaining. They could be that team who makes that first step of coming back from 3-0. And let's hope it, because this is an easy team to like. Great group of players. Very, very cohesive unit. Great coaching. It, It does Canada proudly.
0: Well, they got a lot of people excited when they won the title, and uh, I, I think they're going to get a lot of people excited to, to follow the rest of this series. And if they win, then the sky's the limit. Paul, love 100%. when you jump on. Your, your your perspective is always welcome on the show, man. We'll talk again soon. Look forward to it, Reed. Take care. That is Paul Sir from Basketball, Alberta, Has the Raptors uh, look to force Game 7 after being down 3 nothing to the 76ers. That game is tomorrow. Quick timeout here for the news and weather. Inside Sports on Chet.